I am happy to announce that the winner is All About Eve. Parasite. Kramer versus Kramer. Chicago! West Side Show. The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Run through over the cookies. Shakespeare in Love. May I have the envelope, please? It is April 13th, 1964, at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium in Santa Monica, California. It's the 32nd, nope, 36th annual Academy Awards. Apparently, I think the word six and second are very similar. (laughs) And we are honoring the best films of 1963. uh, And it's time for the big award of the night. And the winner is... Tom Jones. Oh, you know, it's been a while since we've recorded. You know, it's our it's the season premiere, second season. Very that exciting. That is true. Happy season I had, two. You know, I, I it was a little hiccupy on announcing, you know, whoever that woman is who always does the Oscars, I don't think she ever has this problem. She Oh my gosh, dream job. I want that job. <laughs> Oh my gosh! The other uh, the other night, I watched the inauguration special that Tom Hanks hosted. Absolutely. Um, and the same woman was doing the I don't know what her name is, but what? I recognized what? the voice. It was the same woman who was doing the uh, the announcing for the event. Okay, that's wild. I love that. Yeah, I. Who knew? Who knew? <laughs> she she doesn't just do the Oscars. True that. Who knew? So here we are at the 1963 Academy Awards, uh, held in 1964, of course. This is kind of a silly little year. I actually really um, am excited to talk to you about Tom (laughs) Jones and your thoughts and everything you have to think about that. Um, The one thing I wanted to say, though, this ceremony is kind of special because this is the first time that we have three supporting actress nominees from the same movie that never happens again and it's also um not only that but it's the only time that all of the best supporting actress nominees were born outside of the united states oh wow that is actually really cool interesting that makes a lot of sense so it does this is really like another one of those like british invasion years where they are making their stamp on the nominees it's it's appropriate that this ceremony takes place in 1964, which is the same year that the Beatles came to the United States. Oh my gosh, yes, that's so true. Yeah, they're really Isn't that... Yeah, you really start to feel like their presence in our, you know, pop culture, movies, music, they're all over now. And so many of these um I mean, we'll get into it when we talk about Tom Jones, obviously. Mm. But there is like uh, there's a weird offbeat feel to this year. That is true. I must admit, like, this is a year where I really am not familiar with a lot of the other Best Picture nominees, but I am familiar with other movies that, you know, we can get into this a little bit later, too, that I kind of think, you know, looking back should be in the Best Picture lineup. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have Mm -hmm. I have some I have some. uh suggestions <laughs> all right so we're going to roll into a new segment of our podcast here for our season two called the wtf snubs we're going to break down some movies performers that we truly think should have been nominated and weren't this year uh take us away rance what's one of your snubs well um 
it, it was nominated before I before I say the movie title. Let me say it was nominated for an Oscar. It was nominated mm-hmm. for special effects. Um, but I really, really love the birds, and I think it's an extremely well written movie. I think it's a well directed film, and I think it's better than uh, at least a couple of the movies that I see in the best picture category. Um, so I I would put Alfred Hitchcock's uh, probably one of his only couple actual pure horror films um in the best picture category. It's not the type of movie you typically see Oscar nominating, so it's not that surprising not to see it, but I mean, it's better than Cleopatra. <laughs> shade, 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 shade. <laughs> uh so you're saying best picture for the birds. What about Tippy? Do you think Tippy Hedren falls into a, a leading actress category? No. <laughs> I love I love Tippy Hedren, but like she's she's not uh, nominated for best actors for that movie no i would I, however say that um uh jessica tandy um would be a legitimate uh person to put in supporting actress for the birds oh so. okay i can see that i can see that yeah um i i agree with you on the birds that was one that i listed on my own um as well for best picture i definitely you know considered a classic now uh but i also kind of think it's a little strange that it didn't get nominated in kind of like editing categories as well. I think the mm-hmm. editing is so strong in the birds and that's where all, you know, that's where all the tension, suspense and horror actually comes from. And I think it's kind of a masterclass in pacing. So, oh, you know, on, on that note, sorry to interrupt you, but best sound, the movie, the sound design of the film is maybe the most impressive thing because um, there was no musical score and you had Bernard Herman working out those bird noises to be like a score in and of itself. And it's very atmospheric. Uh, I I don't understand how the sound wasn't recognized. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, That was a great point you just made. That's very true. I feel like, you know, when we, you watch it nowadays, you can really appreciate these other aspects of the film besides just the directing and the acting. And those are definitely some of the strongest parts to the birds and any Hitchcock film, really. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Yeah, I do you have another snub that you want to talk about? Yes, one of my snubs is the haunting. Oh my god, yes, yes. Oh my Robert, gosh, that is nineteen sixty three. I totally it, forgot about it. Go ahead. It absolutely <laughs> is. Talk about a horror film. Um, this is another pure horror film from a director who I don't think he ever did horror again. Did Robert Wise ever delve back into the spooky no. stuff? No, I don't this think is... he did. No. Yeah, um, I would say definitely a best direction nom for Robert Wise. And perhaps I would sneak Julie Harris in there for leading actress. I think what she mm-hmm. does in this movie is what really drives the horror. You know, you don't see really anything. You you hear a lot, you know, but you don't really see the spooky stuff. You see it on their faces and especially her face. And I think it's flawless what she does. Can we talk about the cinematography in that movie too? We it's sure amazing can. to me that we, we have 10 movies that are nominated for cinematography between black and white and color category. And Mm. this doesn't get a black and white nomination when literally the, like they create horror out of camera angles. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The way they shoot the house is so fascinating. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. I would say the haunting across the board is one of the spookiest movies I've ever seen. And I can see it nom there for director, actress, um, and even sliding into Best Picture, I think it really holds its own against 
as you said, Cleopatra. <laughs> I mean, and uh, while uh, while we're at it, uh, let's also just for a moment remember the fact that for some reason, The Great Escape isn't nominated for director or picture or actor. Um, <laughs> and that <laughs> blows my mind because The Great Escape is one of the greatest, you know, it's it is maybe the best like prison break movie of all time you know fair enough i've actually never seen the great escape um oh it's so good yeah i believe i believe <laughs> who are the leading actors in it again it's uh it's the movie that made steve mcqueen yes 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 yeah. would you sneak him into an acting nomination does he deliver uh yeah he delivers i mean i understand where it's it's the type of performance that they don't usually nominate but he does drive the film he also, um, James Garner is in it, and he's fantastic. Oh, wonderful. Um, it's, uh, and then um, one of the, support- oh, Richard Attenborough. It's like a really great cast. I'm trying to picture Richard Attenborough in that movie, and I really can't. <laughs> well, you just gotta see it. And plus it has the iconic, like, Steve McQueen's motorcycle. You've right. probably seen that shot of him. It's, it is a... They're they're interned in a Nazi prison in World War Two, right? Um, and it's about them trying to escape the prison. So not unlike Stalag seventeen, uh, Stalag seventeen. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but more of a like sweeping thriller. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's it's ridiculous that it isn't nominated for more things. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Do you have any other? snubs that you have on your list one of my favorite of all movies of all time came out in 1963 uh-huh. and i it was nominated for best song um but that's about it and it's charade okay i was actually thinking about charade i started charade like a year ago and i got 10 minutes in and then like i got sidetracked and had to leave i never came back to it i really should though it's it's really fast paced too, so I think you'd enjoy it. But it's um, it's so clever and smart. It, they call it the best Hitchcock movie Hitchcock didn't make. Right. It's uh, Stanley Donnan, who's mainly known for musicals. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So it has that pacing to it that's kind of musical in its own way, and oh. it's just two of the most charming actors of all time, Cary Grant and Audrey Hepburn, just being charming with each other, and then um. Uh, it has a great supporting cast, uh, and it has, uh, you know, Walter Matthau is in it, and um, uh, What's-His-Face, you know, the guy in the thing. Oh, yeah, the guy called What's-His-Face, totally, he's great. James Coburn, that's who's trying to think of, and George Kennedy, um, and then uh, they, it has a great Henry Mancini score, but um, it's um, a mystery, and you... You never really know who Cary Grant is or what he's doing until the movie's over. And so it's uh <laughs> oh, it's so 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 good. It Cary, it's I feel like Cary Grant is always like that mysterious suave leading man, right? Very like North by Northwest. And every single yes, and every single movie you and I just mentioned is better than the best picture nominees anyway we're going to introduce another new segment now this is going to be our spotlight segment where we are going to pull out um, a nominated or a winning film or performance that we both really really love that we want to talk a little bit about more 
Um, the one that I'm going to talk about is HUD. Mm. This is one of my favorite movies, certainly one of my favorite Paul Newman films, if not my favorite Paul Newman performance. Um, it certainly is. This is where we really start to see Paul Newman become that um, kind of uh, anti-hero, that amoral leading man character, but he's so charming and attractive that he gets away with pretty much anything. You know, I feel like people signal out Cool Hand Luke as really being, you know, the the ultimate bad boy Paul Newman role. But I don't think we get Cool Hand Luke without his performance in HUD. This yeah. is, I also think, a much more deeply complex character than Cool Hand Luke. Um, and of course, the backdrop being a black and white Western film is just, it's amazing. And something I wanted to point out as well, uh, this HUD is based off of a book written by Larry McMurtry, who... I didn't realize that until I looked it up, and then I've slowly realized that Larry McMurtry is definitely one of my favorite writers of all time. I mean, he would go on to also write The Last Picture Show, Terms of Endearment, uh, Brokeback Mountain, just to name a few. He's given us some of the, I don't know, best <laughs> material to create movies from. Yeah, right. and this is no exception. This is a really well-done family drama with a Western um, as its backdrop. And every character is wonderful. You have uh, more grown-up Brandon DeWild now, and you have um, uh, Patricia Neal finally winning her Oscar for leading actress. Um, and, of course, Melvin Douglas, who I think is far and away, this is his best performance, and he does win the Oscar for leading actor as well. And, I, yeah, he's so good as Paul Newman, Hud's um, father, you who... You meant supporting yes. actor. Okay. Yeah, yes, sorry. he wins supporting actor, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's amazing as Paul Newman's dad, who has basically hated him since he was born. What do you, uh, okay, I have not seen HUD. I will get, I definitely will be getting to it. But um, what do you think about the, a lot of people allege that maybe Patricia Neal's nomination and win is category fraud. Mm -hmm. What do you feel about that? <sighs> yeah, is she I know. the it, lead? Uh, as far as the female lead, yeah, I suppose. But no, she's not the lead of the film. Paul Newman's the lead of the film and everybody else supports him. That's definitely true. I mean, she's only on screen for, what, 20, maybe 25 minutes. Mm. So if we're going with, you know, length of screen time, um, it's definitely a supporting performance. And I am such an advocate for category fraud as well. As, as listeners of our podcast know, it kind of heats me up. But there's something about her and her presence in this film that lingers and carries through every scene that I understand why they gave her lead. Like, I get so it. So is it you like, know? Um, you know, we'll get to it one day, but Anthony Hopkins and Silence of the Lambs, is it similar? Yeah, you know, it kind of is. This is a movie where, you know, we have the, these very headstrong male characters and they've all grown up without mothers and wives. All their wives have died. They're, you know, these characters' moms also died young. So they've grown up with no female influence. And you see that in the movie. And she is really the only female presence, I should say, uh, um, only positive female presence in the movie, which is why I think you really feel for her and you you feel her in the whole in the whole movie, you know, and when she leaves in the end, it's really quite tragic. But you understand why she leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, but I huh. see I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's it is one of those those instances. It really, really is. <laughs> um well, I mean, I only I only say that because something that I would spotlight 
um, is Natalie Wood's maybe her best performance in Love with the Proper Stranger. Um, I love this scene. I haven't seen this movie, so please give me your all on this. uh, Love with the Proper Stranger is such a progressive, interesting film for 1963 because it is about uh, Natalie Wood, Steve McQueen have a one night stand and she gets pregnant and there is this big debate throughout the film. Is she going to have an abortion or is she going to keep the baby? Mm. Um, and they have to go through it together. You know, he's going to, when they are going to get an abortion, he's going to pay for the abortion, all that stuff, because, you know, he feels responsible, but they don't know each other, you know? Right. Right. So they have to get to know each other throughout the course of the film. It's a very, it's a very fascinating little movie that's talking about something that's so taboo in 1963 is illegal in 1963. Um, and Natalie Wood just gives the most layered and complex performance. Um, and I think maybe along with, um, uh, Oh my gosh, uh, Splendor in the Grass, uh, her, her best performance. So that's, I'm just, I'm just interested, you know? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I think what's cool too, is the movies that we just talked about are really movies that are starting to push the, uh, the typical subject matter of Hollywood films. You know, they're starting to really like, for example, in HUD, we're introducing antiheroes, you know, people don't have a happy ending the characters are rotten throughout and you're talking about a film centered around, around abortion you know mm-hmm. we're really getting into that counterculture aspect of the 1960s and how that's influencing what people not only want to make but what people want to see in the theaters that's really coming through yeah it, it's interesting because of the of the winning uh, performers this year the only one that i would say is in more of a traditional studio film is uh margaret rutherford for the vips um the vips is a uh movie where a bunch of people are stuck in an airport together Mm -hmm. um when a plane is delayed because of snow or something like that it's snow i think (laughs) and she she's like the funny comic relief in the in the film and she gives a delightful performance and i'm totally okay with her having an oscar she also is just a great supporting actress character actress in film in general so that's totally fine um but uh it's just interesting because if we look at these other four winners and we would we would we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the elephant in the room for this year <laughs> yes. which is the incredible historical moment that is Sidney Poitier winning for Lilies of the Field absolutely we should do a joint spotlight on this um yes I love this movie and I love Sidney Poitier in it Uh, I saw this movie back in college and it blew me away. It's such a simple movie, but the message it's conveying is so profound. And again, for it being 1963, I just think it's such uh, an important piece of filmmaking that for its time, is just unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's, um, it's wonderful that he, that he wins for a movie that, you know, isn't, um, isn't trying to beat you over the head with any type of, of message, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that it gets to be a simple story that it gets to be, um, this is just a great black actor doing a part, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he, 
I think he, as an actor, I can't wait to get to 1967 because we get to talk about him a lot. And a lot in 1967. But I think he, more than anyone else, defines uh, the 19, um, the 1960s. I think he may be the actor of the 60s, if you were to ask me. So, Definitely. Yeah, um, absolutely. So, I, so excited about his nomination. I, I wonder if when I stack this up, like I... I, he's really good in the Defiant Ones, you know. Yep. Um, I wonder when I stack this up against uh, some of the movies that are coming up, if this is the one that I want him to win for. Um, but, uh, you know, um, but I, I like this. It, it, feels, it feels like a good year. Um, and I, I think of these five nominees, you know, I, I'm assuming not having seen HUD, Paul Newman is probably the next best one in the category, but of course he has more opportunities coming up. So, absolutely, yeah. Paul Newman has obviously been nominated for many Oscars, and he has a win later on in his in his career. This is the time to honor Sidney Poitier. Absolutely, um, yeah. It's it's one of the great wins for Best Actor, definitely. You know, um, actually, I, could, I I I think something I was trying to say about Sidney a second ago, I, I've crystallized a little bit better in my head. Um, but what I like about him winning for Lilies of the Field is that he's not winning as a black man in a white savior movie. Yes, that is the most important point. Yeah. I mean, and there are other movies that he is in, um, that could be characterized as white savior films, which were about the only way, you know, black actors were being shown at this point. Like that was progressive at the moment because they weren't getting parts otherwise but um but i like that this movie was Mm -hmm. made in 1962 because it's honestly unusual that it got made in 1962 it's unusual that that we were that this got accomplished with everything that was going on in the world at this point in time Absolutely. Yep. And you can't ignore the fact that we're getting into civil rights movements and all of protesting from there. 1964. Exactly. It's it's, it's really significant that it happens in that year. You know what I mean? And again, that's not the reason why he won Best Actor. No, he deserves the Oscar for the performance, but it's also so significant that it happens in this moment. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Anyway, uh, so yes. And he's uh, still with us knock on wood as of right now and i will say that just a few years ago i was uh standing about two feet away from him when that was acceptable and not um <laughs> violating cdc rules correct yes <laughs> absolutely when he stood two feet away from me at this event i i gotta tell you it's one of the very few times in my life that i've had that thought oh this is what a movie star is mm, mm. oh i feel that in my soul you know, it's just like, it didn't have to say anything. It was just that there was this presence. Yeah. And only certain people really have that, even of people who are quite famous. So. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, anyway. Um, All right. So we are now going to roll into the main event of our episode, which is covering our best picture winner of this year. We mentioned at the top was Tom Jones. Um, I had not seen this before either um (laughs) and i i mean like i guess just briefly we'll we can touch on the other movies that were nominated um to put this in context 
Yes. Um, I know something about America, America. It is a no star uh, passion project from Elia Kazan. Yep. I really do need to see this at some point in time, but it's the only, it, I know the least about it of the nominees. Um, so I don't want to comment too much on that. Cleopatra right. is a Same bloated here. mess and has absolutely no business being here. <laughs> <laughs> what about, okay. What about this? So what about Rex Harrison for lead actor, his nomination? Does that have any weight to it? Um, it's, uh, he's fine. I, I mean, like, it's just, <laughs> it's just, it is just five hours long and right. that is not exaggerating. <laughs> oh no not even in the slightest not it's slightest. like it is over four hours long and it is it is bloated and it is mm-hmm. beautiful as far as cinematography goes but it is not it is not it's, it's not just, it it's not it <laughs> um lilies of the field we talked about and i think we are okay with that being here i love um, that it's nominated for best picture i think that's so incredible how the west was won <laughs> is another bloated movie it's fun it is not a great film it is fun um i saw it in cinerama at the cinerama dome a few years ago which this movie was shot with three cameras going simultaneously at all points in time and that way it could be projected on an ultra wide curved screen with the with three cameras projecting at the same point to make it curve around the screen, if that makes sense. And um, I watched a print of it, a film print of it doing that um, at the Cinerama Dome last year before uh, COVID started. And um, it was, and I actually went to it. I went there sick. So that would be a bad thing now. Um, (laughs) Truth, truth, true that. Yeah. All before COVID. Back when we thought colds weren't a big deal. Um, <laughs> but uh, the cast is incredible. It's interesting, but it is so long. And you're, and it's not, there's no, there, it's not, it's surface. There's no depth. It's just. True, yeah. It's a surface entertainment. Um, it is a spectacle, but again, in a year with movies like the way you described HUD, like Fellini's Eight and a Half, like, um, uh, uh, charade and the birds and the haunting and and uh, the great escape like this should not be here <laughs> true and you know you have like as we were talking earlier with all these you know new counterculture films pushing the boundaries of what classic hollywood was you still have these giant hollywood spectacle films sneaking in like cleopatra how the west was won you know they I don't want to say they were box. Oh, they made bunches of money. Well, Cleopatra made a bunch of money, but it wasn't enough because it cost too much money to make. Even though it was a box office success, it didn't make its money back because it was so expensive to make anyway. Right. um, But you still see those ones sneaking into these top categories. And, you know, there's a certain part of me that's, you know, reading articles, even from movies today that kind of sort of buy their way into nominations. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? They, they have the money behind them, the support from their studios and uh, their box office to really hold those campaigns and stick their movie in people's faces. And, you know, you're seeing that here as well. Um, yeah, totally. Um, I, it, well, it's interesting, you know, you're bringing up a, you're bringing up a good point here because, you know, we are, we're seeing the shift. We're still seeing these movies that are like 
television competition and that's they're trying to get people into the theater by offering spectacle you know um i mean we also this is the year that it's a mad 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 world came out which is a you know three-hour comedy um that is all about stunts and special effects and location photography and and cars flipping over and blowing up and you know um everything done for a laugh with a huge all-star cast um, shot in Cinerama, although it wasn't shot with three cameras, it was just, it was shot in like an ultra widescreen and then projected with three cameras. Anyway, neither here nor there. Um, it's, it is a year of spectacle and it is interesting that it's clashing even in this best picture category with these movies that are either more progressive, like Lilies of the Field or just kind of counterculture, like the one we now have to talk about. Absolutely. Um, Tom Jones. Yes, Tom Jones. I want to know what is what was like your reaction when you finished it? Just your first gut reaction. Um, bizarre. <laughs> yeah. It was bizarre. Um. <laughs> I, I feel like I need to watch it again at some point in my life because mm -hmm. I think I might enjoy it more having a better understanding of what it is. But um, it was just very body and all over the place and had a mixed match hosh posh style that um, was fun, but... Uh, I don't know. It never completely grabbed me. I can see that. Yeah. I think this movie is cuckoo bananas and it's what I, what I appreciate and kind of love and dig about it is that it is all out a comedy, mm -hmm. which you never see even getting nominated for best picture. And here you have one winning, like this is shamelessly a comedy for, you know, in every sense of the word. Um, and I think it's kind of wonderful that a comedy does take the best picture win. I will say I didn't hate it. I was actually like, I kind of got invested and I, uh, I had to like kind of go back and re, re like reacquaint myself with some of the characters because they, there are 5 million characters in this movie and they're shouting yeah. off different mothers, husbands, uncles, brothers, sisters, cousins, you know what I mean? Like there's so many different people involved. Some people are the same people and, you know, and they each refer to them in a different way. So it's following along can be a little tricky when there's that many like character relations here that are, you know, coming into this. Um, but yeah, I kind of didn't hate it. Like you're right. Once you kind of sit back and accept that, Oh, this is just, um, you know, a knee slapping, you know, laugh your face off comedy. Um, and also, you know, we're talking about, uh, movies pushing the boundaries. This is such a hyper sexualized film as well. Oh, it's so sexual. There's so much sex in it. There's so much sex. Like, I don't think there's a character that Tom Jones uh, played really well by Albert Finney, I will add, uh, that he oh, doesn't yeah, totally. sleep with. Every female in this movie, I think he has sex with. There is no woman that is safe in this film. <laughs> That's um, very true. And it, it's very important to note this is a British movie, because at the time, American films were still under the, um, under the rule of the uh, production code. And so there's absolutely no way that this movie would have been made by a studio in America in 1963. Like, uh, it just wouldn't have happened because, because you couldn't be this overtly sexual yet. 
Um, I mean, Correct. we're only a couple years off from America being able to do this kind of thing, but um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it it is a. Let me clarify here with my comments. I do think it's a good movie. I'm not sure if it's a movie for me. It's just like one of those whiplash experiences where you're like, what did I just watch? Absolutely. Um, and I think a lot of that is with the way it's um, built, the style of the film. I mean, you have the the opening sequence being a silent movie, you know, with mm-hmm. uh, title cards. And then you have a narrator throughout. And you also have characters breaking the fourth wall and using the camera as a character and talking directly to you. You know, that can be kind of abrasive when you're not expecting so many different types of form and style to be thrown together in one movie. Um, but yeah, you're right. You know, it, it's crazy. I will say the director, Tony Richardson, who did win Best Director as well, um, he did say in later years that he was not happy with the final result of this movie. Um, and I can see why. I think there are some choppy moments. There's some... You know, a lot of it, uh, it can it can kind of give you a feeling of nausea and kind of seasickness as well sometimes because there's so much handheld camera work where you're they're literally just like running and you can you kind of feel that a little bit <laughs> when you're watching it. Um, yeah, so I, I can see his point. Yeah, um, of course, uh, Tony Richardson had such an interesting life because he, um, uh, you know, he was obviously a celebrated uh, filmmaker. But he also um, he also was married uh, for a few years to Vanessa Redgrave. Uh, Vanessa Redgrave's sister is in this movie briefly, Lynn Redgrave, who is later nominated for Best Actress. Um, and of course, Vanessa Redgrave with her, he had uh, Joe Lee and Natasha Richardson. Um, and Natasha Richardson was born the year this movie came out. Um, of course, Natasha Richardson died tragically. Uh, think about. Uh, 12 years ago Mm -hmm. um and uh but i i love her because she's in the the parent trap which is (laughs) one of the better remakes of all time um but he ended up uh it ended up coming out that he was bisexual right and um he died of complications from aids in 1991 Mm -hmm. um so uh so very interesting and he also his last movie um was in 1994 um and it was uh three years it was released three years after he died so it had been filmed and then released later and it ended up winning best actress for jessica lang blue sky yes that is true i forgot about that little story i forgot that was directed by tony richardson amazing yeah yeah so a very very interesting very interesting history um anyway uh so I'm curious to hear from you. What do you think of of all the nominee nominations that Tom Jones received in the acting categories? Do you agree with some of them, all of them? Which ones would you keep or uh, take away? It's really hard for me to even state an opinion on that because I, you know, you were talking about how many actors there are in the film. For me, a lot of people just kind of bled together, you know? Sure, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, definitely. So the only... I think that the um, uh, the woman who ends up being his uh, biological mother, um, yes, the the aunt, um, correct? Uh, yes. So yeah, the woman who is actually his mom was his, yes. who we thought was his 
uh, who was the aunt. Yeah, 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 the one who dies in the carriage ride. Yes, the one who, she doesn't make it through the whole movie. Um, I thought she was great, but I don't think she's one of the nominations. Is she? No, she's not. No, she's not. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> so there you go. Um, and I thought that his, uh, his one true love was great, but... Susanna York. Susanna York, but again... Not nominated. <laughs> not nominated. <laughs> <laughs> True. so i i i think that the performances i was most impressed with didn't even make it to the final cut so i'm not sure about all these nominations fair what do you take of albert finney his debut what do you think oh i think albert finney is fantastic and uh, beautiful right oh my god he's so attractive <laughs> he, i mean like he's fine um <laughs> i mean like if that's if that's what you're into i don't oh, know man, his little ponytail come on uh, you know, I think that you've been in quarantine for a long time, Sam. It's <laughs> uh, not a lie. But, no, <laughs> but I, um, but I thought his performance was was what a great debut performance, and um, of course, Albert Finney ends up having such a wonderful career. Um, Definitely, uh, all the way. And if you guys don't think you're thinking like, oh wait, who's Albert Finney? Do I know Albert Finney? Um, you, a lot of people probably know him, uh, for playing, uh, for being the older, uh, version of the main character in Big Fish. Yes. Or Aaron Brockovich. He or Aaron is, Brockovich, yeah. Yes. The head of the law firm that Julie Roberts works for. Yes. So you probably know him, even if you don't know, know you know him, because he worked very steadily into his old age. So. Definitely. Um, only died of. Uh, Either last year or the year before last. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago. You're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I'm totally on board with his nomination in this. Uh, I, I, I don't, I mean, like, it's it's weird. I think it's interesting to have this movie win Best Picture, even though I'm not sure it holds up as well as some of the movies that surround it, uh, like, like A West Side Story or uh, Lawrence of Arabia. But I think it it's it feels like it is... If we're talking about a movie defining the time, mm -hmm. it feels like it is signaling what is to come in the 60s as far as sure, the yeah, Definitely. Yeah, I like that statement. That's so true. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it did receive maybe a few too many acting nominations. I agree with Albert Finney. Um, I really like uh, Richard Griffith in this film. He's not doing brownface, thank God. Um He's really funny in this as, you know, that drunken um, friend across the street or whatever. Um, and I also really like Dame Edith Evans in this film. She was the other one for me who was hilarious. Um, and those two together, I feel like their scenes together is where, like, the real fun comedy happens. Uh, so I like their nominations. The other two nominees uh, that it got for Supporting Actress, I don't really understand either. They were kind of neither here nor there. Including the um, one who, like, the one who he has the, I think this is the famous scene from the movie, uh -huh. you know, uh, the precursor to sex where they're eating the, uh, the where they're engaging in a meal together while chewing and looking at each other seductively. Oh my gosh, when she, like, when she tips those, like, muscles back into her mouth, oh my god. <laughs> I think it I is, blushed. I blushed a little. <laughs> it is so overtly sexual. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then the woman, 
might be his mom. Yes, um, there's that that whole thing for a hot second where there's a chance she is the mom, and thank God you realize she's not. I oh mean, my gosh, we we see he clearly does mind having having relations with older women, um, right? But uh, it, it's <laughs> just so many levels of bizarre in this movie. Definitely, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I I would agree with you, Edith Evans of the of the nominees i'm i'm most on board with that one yeah um all right so let's have some final thoughts here do you think tom jones deserved best picture and if not which movie from 1963 would you give best picture to well um you know i i i talked at the beginning i i think that my my favorite films from 1963 are the birds and charade Mm -hmm. um uh i I appreciate what Tom Jones says about the 60s. Yep. It is, it makes sense for it to win. Because as I was saying a second ago, I think that this is a preview of what's to come. Um, It's like, it's kind of almost a hippy dippy movie before the hippies really started, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because the hippie movement starts in the mid 60s and really gets heavy in the late 60s. And we're not really quite there yet in 1963, 1964, but um, it, it feels like it's signaling what's about to happen because this movie feels like a hippie movie, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I agree. So I like what it says about the 60s. I'm okay with it winning because of that. I like that it's a comedy because comedies very rarely win the Oscar. Um. But I, I can't, in good faith, tell you it's the best movie I've seen from 1963. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I can agree with that as well. I I think it's wonderful that it did win Best Picture. Um, it's kind of a cool piece of Academy Awards history. But for me, the best film of the year is HUD. That is mm-hmm. what I would award the top honor to. Okay. So we got HUD winning best picture in your version and uh in my version we're giving it to things that didn't really get nominated for things um yes so so that works that's fine i'll deal with it yes all right what are we going to get into next episode 1964 winner was my fair lady i know you've seen it yes i i have seen it um in a movie theater once again love saying that i've seen something in the theater amazing um but um uh, I next week we get to go complete opposite um, <laughs> with a with the most studio of studio movies made in the 60s. Um, this movie is one that we will be talking about that is almost a complete um, rebuttal of the idea that we're going to start going on location to shoot movies and we're going to do things differently. This is embracing every trope that was studio filmmaking. That is incredibly true. So, Mm -hmm. folks, join us again next time as we talk about My Fair Lady and the films of 1964.